Welcome to the A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Jack Gentry in today for Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media. We are Nashville's On Demand Sports Talk Network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Find the links to the show on our Twitter feed at A to Z Sports, also on our Instagram story. That's also at A to Z Sports. And we got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us. And they help out you guys with Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them at wilsoncountyhyundai.com or oh, that quick trip to Lebanon. Then uh, Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care, plus Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a health plan for you, fbhp.com slash atoz so uh jared on facebook says wow zach not here on a thursday shocker so uh every summer around this time uh zach does take a quick weekend trip i know we were just on vacation but that zach had one of his best friends from college pass away about four or five years ago uh, and ever since uh that group of college friends goes on a trip uh this weekend uh, in the summer. So that is where Zach is this weekend. Uh, so that's what he's doing. He's not just getting out of town for no reason. Uh, he, and he's not in Dallas working. He That's the trip that he always goes on. So I do want to mention that just because we had a back-to-back kind of a, a vacation style thing for Zach. But he'll be back on Monday raring to go. He's actually going to St. Louis. So we'll see how much Budweiser uh, Zach is uh, still feeling when he comes back on Monday. But Jack, glad to have you in. And we're going to have a good conversation today about the tight end position uh, because uh, all week we've talked about the rankings that have come out via ESPN.com, the top 10 positional rankings uh, for the NFL players that the players, executives, and coaches all vote on. We're not going to spend a ton of time on the Titans, uh, on the tight ends top 10 because I think we know that there is no Titan that deserves to be in the top 10, right? Like the Titans were so bad last year at this position, uh, but there's, and and they've upgraded significantly, I think, but I, I, there's, they're nowhere close to having a top 10. Back real quick. And I think everybody understands really no argument with these guys. George Kittle is number one again, Travis Kelsey at number two, Darren Waller of the Raiders at number three, Mark Andrews of the Ravens at four, Kyle Pitts of the Falcons going into his second year at five, Dallas Goddard of the Eagles at six, my guy TJ Hawkinson of the Lions is at seven, Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys at eight, Dawson Knox, local kid with the Bills, is at nine, Hunter Henry of the New England Patriots is at 10. So there's not a ton you can really disagree with in that top 10, do you think? No, uh, you could you can kind of mix up the order a little bit. I think Hunter Henry deserves a little more respect. But good to see Dawson Knox, the Brentwood Academy guy in there. Um, yeah, didn't they really expect Austin Hooper to crack the top 10? I mean, if this list came out, you know, during his last season in Atlanta, I think that may be a little different. He may be a fringe top 10 guy. But a lot's changed since then. Obviously, he goes to Cleveland. Not a lot happens up there. But with the top 10, can't really argue about it. There's there's a clear-cut four or five guys 
that are just leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the pack. Yeah, no doubt. And then you get to the honorable mention uh, side of things, and you got guys like Mike Gesicki of the Dolphins, Pat Fryermuth of the Steelers, Zach Ertz in the, with the Cardinals, and David Njoku with the Browns. And then you get to the others receiving votes where there's some familiar names like Jonu Smith of the Patriots, Tyler Higby of the Rams, C.J. Uzama of the Jets now, Noah Fant now of the Seahawks, and Austin Hooper now of the Titans. So Austin Hooper lands in that others receiving votes category. So technically, as I listed off all those tight end names, Austin Hooper, the 19th name on the list. And I think that is significant that Austin Hooper is even involved in this article on ESPN.com. Because again, this is voted on by the players, coaches, and league executives who know the most about players within the league, right? So I think Austin Hooper being involved in this just shows the massive upgrade the Titans got in personnel at the tight end position uh, going from last year to this year. And it's only going to help this offense be way better than it was a year ago. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Austin Hooper is big. But, you, you know, with that list, it's interesting they have David Njoku ahead of Austin Hooper. Both played in Cleveland together last year. Similar numbers. Austin Hooper's got the better body of work throughout his career. Uh, and, you know, there's a, there's a sub-conversation you could even have where would Jonu Smith be a tight end if he was in Tennessee last year? I, I, th I think you could make a case that he would be um, just with how the Titans have used him. Uh, but uh, he goes up to New England, plays in a two tight end system with a rookie quarterback, and uh, his, his production takes a bit of a dip. But, yeah, Austin Hooper, th th this is significant, right? He's getting, he's getting the recognition, you know, not, not the top 10 recognition, not even the top 15. But we see him at 19th. And I think that's a number that Austin Hooper could jump from. I mean, we could see him slide into the top 15 after this season with another productive year. Well, let's let's think about this. Austin Hooper is at 19th on the tight end ranking list. And he is coming off, I think, his worst season as a pro. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to include his statistical worst season at his rookie year when he only had 19 catches for 271 yards. But he only had 27 targets as a rookie with the Falcons years ago. Last year, 38 catches, 61 targets for just 345 yards and three touchdowns. So I'm going to say last year was his worst statistical season, and he's still 19th at the position. So I think he's only going to be better, and Donald brings up a good comment, said, did Baker hold Hooper back? Or did Matt Ryan make Hooper look better? Because, I mean, Donald, you got a point because the last couple of years that Hooper had with Matt Ryan in Atlanta, he had a bunch of yards, scored a lot of touchdowns, had a ton of catches, was over 70 catches consecutive years, and over 88 targets in both those years, and, and scored 10 touchdowns in those last two years in Atlanta, made the Pro Bowl, went to the Pro Bowl uh, there in Atlanta, and then he signed a big contract with Cleveland, and his numbers dropped off because of lack of opportunity, in my opinion. And so I think Hooper is going to be a big part of this offense. He's not he's going to have, I think he's going to have close to as many catches, 61, as he had targets last year in Cleveland. They're just going to use him a lot. And so I think now seeing that he's 19th, Jack, I think he's got an opportunity to jump several spots 
to a year from now when ESPN is doing this list. Austin Hooper's coming off of a really good season, a bounce back season with a new team where he was way more productive and is probably closer to the top 10. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 guy, but I think he's going to be a lot closer than where he is right now at 19. What we've seen from Austin Hooper th- through both stops, right, Atlanta and Cleveland, is that he's kind of a product of his environment. We saw a couple huge seasons in Atlanta under Matt Ryan. I mean, one season he caught 75 balls. The season before it was 71 balls. That's a ton of catches for a tight end. Then he goes to Cleveland, plays with Baker Mayfield, and last year Baker Mayfield was hobbled um, w- with some shoulder issues. And, right. you know, his stock has taken a hit. You can buy low on Austin Hooper right now. I think that would be a great idea. I mean, even in fantasy football, Austin Hooper would be a great fantasy pick because he's going to get a lot of action. I mean, we're talking about a, a Titans receiving corpse that has no experience under Tannehill, aside from Nick Westbrook-Akine, who's probably not going to be you, you know, on the field all the time for the Titans. I think that's safe to say, barring injury. But Tannehill likes that security blanket. We saw it with Jonu Smith. We even saw it with Anthony Furcher at times, not, not off it last year. But Tannehill likes to have that big-bodied tight end to go to when times are tough, when they need a first down, when – you know the nitty gritty yards are hard to get, and the red zone targets um, aren't are, you know aren't what they once were. But uh, you know Austin Hooper, I, I think in a in a system where the tight end you know has had success, we're talking about tight end tight end coaches getting promoted to OC, and then head coach like Arthur Smith. You know Todd Downing was a tight ends coach, and just because of the production at that position, those guys got promotions. So the Titans like to use their tight ends. I think they got a good one in Austin Hooper. And for one year, $6 million, I truly think he's going to be worth every penny for Ryan Tannehill in this Titans offense this season. Well, and I've I've consistently said that Austin Hooper is a massive upgrade. Uh, And Nav says, I just don't think you can call it an upgrade until he proves it. I mean, I just, I mean, I've already seen in OTA and minicamp practices that Austin Hooper is going to be highly involved in this Titans offense, because in, in a, in a weird month of May and June where Robert Woods is still recovering from an ACL injury and is ahead of schedule. Good thing. Then you've got Traylon Burks who is unavailable quote from Mike Vrabel for most of that time with whatever his asthma or conditioning situation is. Austin Hooper is out there leading the way when it comes to making catches and making plays, whether it's seven on seven or 11 on 11 in those practices and catching those passes from Ryan Tannehill. And as, and you see that comfort level with Hooper and Tannehill already. And that, that groundwork being established in the month of May, I've heard Hooper talk about it. I've heard Tannehill talk about it. Then you saw uh Chica really come along with his development with Tannehill in minicamp in June, scoring four touchdowns from Tannehill in red zone drills in a two-day practice period. And so that's <laughs> that's very exciting to see as well. So Nav, I am calling it an upgrade. I think he's I think Austin Hooper is way better than the starting combination of Anthony Ferkser, Jeff Swaim, and Michael Pruitt. And Jeff Swaim's still around as the as a singular role tight end that he's going to help you block up the end of line. Austin Hooper can do everything. Anthony Ferkser simply could not. That's funny you mentioned Chigakonkwo catching four touchdowns in two days from Tannehill because four touchdowns, nobody, none of the tight ends did that last year. No tight end on the Titans roster caught four touchdowns in the season. 
and I'll talk about their production here in a minute and how Hooper stands to kind of fill those shoes um, by himself. But Jeff Swain, you you just mentioned him. Great at blocking, right? That that's that's his strength. He's, his strength is blo- is blocking. I, I don't. I'm not going to say, say great at blocking. But, but I mean, that's his, is... that's his strength. He's a better blocker than he's a pass catcher. Would yes. you agree? Yes. Okay. There we go. Still we'll not worth his contract or 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 what what they're paying him. But regardless. But you don't want to end up with Jeff Swaim having 40 targets again next season. Cut that in half. I mean, even even drop it to 30, and I think that's fine. You, you gotta you, you gotta find a way to get Austin Hooper the football. And what you mentioned, I think, is very key. Of of all the Titans' new pass catchers, right? Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips. It's Austin Hooper who has built the the, the you know most solid rapport with Ryan Tannehill thus far. Uh, that's going to be a huge advantage for Hooper and Tannehill heading into the season. When you know we we saw it with Julio Jones, new guys that come in with quarterbacks. I mean, that timing takes a little while to get down, right? And and you can only, I mean. Practice is practice, and the the Bucks are going to come to town, and you're going to get to throw against their ones. And they're going to get to practice against the Titans ones, but it, it's kind of hard to simulate an NFL game in practice. So having that speed and timing down seems like Ryan Tannehill and Austin Hooper are headed in the right direction there. And I really do believe that Austin Hooper, you know, will be Tannehill's one of his top targets this season in terms of you know who's getting the ball, who's getting the most looks. And, you know, who's getting the most looks in the red zone, especially. Sure. All right, Jack, let's get to our first question and get everybody more uh, and more involved here in the chat. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people talking about Chig, whether how much you want to expect about Chig or not. Uh, But we will have a lot of interesting conversations once training camp practice starts. By the way, uh, we are less than two weeks away from the first training camp practice. We got the training camp schedule yesterday, which got me excited. I filled out my agenda all my calendar. I've got Titans practices all down. So looking forward to that. Start to feel that. So close. Can't being just around the corner. So Jack, here's our question today for the chat. Which Titans newcomer is most important to the offense's success? Which Titans newcomer is most important to the offense's success? I think there's a lot of different ways you can answer this question. Uh, so I'm curious to see where the chat begins with it but first i'm gonna tell everybody about wilson county hyundai if you're looking for a new ride uh it's tough out there to find the new car there's not a ton of inventory and there's a lot of people that are just trying to swindle you uh, on car lots across the country and across the state but not at wilson county hyundai because their uh crew is great I know them personally. Like I, whenever we walk into Wilson County Hyundai in Lebanon, we see the same familiar faces on the sales floor, in the lobby, uh, around the lot that we've seen for like the last three years because they're consistent. They do good work. Payne Bone and his team in Lebanon at Wilson County Hyundai, you can trust them, you can respect them, and know that they're going to help you get in the right car for your situation, whatever your financial situation happens to be. It's easy. It's in Lebanon, so you're also not paying the downtown Nashville price tag as well with your new car. So take that quick trip, I-40 East to Lebanon, and check them out, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Check these guys out as well while you're at it. BetMGM, use promo code ATOZ200. That's A to Z200. And where are my golf fans at today? I know the the golf crowd's got to be excited for this weekend. The Open's here, and they've got a great offer for it. Place a $10 money line wager on any golfer to win the open 
and win $200 when any golfer makes a birdie. I mean, that's the easiest what? $200 I've ever, I've ever heard of. Yes. When one golfer makes a birdie in the whole tournament, four days to make a birdie. <laughs> $10 money line wager. Put it on a long shot. Maybe Tommy Fleetwood. I hear he's locked in out there um, throughout the course of this week over practice rounds. $10 money line wager on any golfer to win. Make it a long shot so you can, you know, in- increase the opportunity for a big payday. And you'll get $200 when any golfer makes a birdie. That's easy money. Remember, new users, plug in that code A to Z200 to cash in on this ridiculous offer today. Yep, visit betmgm.com for terms of initiative 21 or older Tennessee. Only new customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligible requirements. Rewards issued with knowledgeable free bets. Check credit free bets expire seven days. For problem game support, call Tennessee Redline 800 889 All right, we got the question here. A lot of people uh, have been giving interesting answers. There's one answer that I did not think of, but I actually like it a lot. So, uh, Jack, the question we've posed is which Titans newcomer is most important to the offense's success this season? And so I will send you to the chat uh, to see what the people are saying. Yes, I love diving in the chat sewers. What do we got? What do we got today? Malachi says, if Vrabel doesn't hold Chick back, I think he's he could do big things for the Titans as a rookie. And yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, I'm going to expand on Malachi's point there. I don't disagree. I think Chig can be fun, but Chig as a fourth round pick rookie should be a complimentary piece. And so he should not be an answer to which Titans newcomer is most important for the success of the overall offense. Maybe in the back half of the season, when he's got everything down pat, they can trust him with everything. Then Chigakonkwu can really just, you know, un- unlock himself. The Titans can unlock Chigakonkwu. Um, We've got Burks from Scott, Traylon Burks from Derek R as well. Burks hands down from Juan, Caleb agrees, Nav agrees. Sito, I hope I'm saying that right. Sito, uh, Hooper. Then we got, um, let's see, Tim Kelly from David Bonner. That's an interesting answer. That's the one that I didn't think. There's a couple Tim Kellys in there, and I honestly didn't think about him being an option. But when when we asked this question, you know, that Tim Kelly is is a newcomer. He qualifies. He he absolutely qualifies. So what do you think about that? Because we can talk about Burks, and we'll, we'll talk about the other players too. But what do you think about the Tim Kelly part of things? Well, I, I absolutely think it's, you know, he's an, a crucial piece to Tannehill's success. He's the passing game coordinator, right? He's going to be in Tannehill's ear all season long. Not only that, but he's going to help in Malik Willis's development as well. So, but when we talk about Tannehill's success specifically, he absolutely needed another guy. I mean, it's clear that Todd Downing and Ryan Tannehill were not on the same page for a big portion of last season. So I, I'm interested in, you know, Tim Kelly's the guy they wanted to hire before they promoted Todd Downing, the Texans just wouldn't allow the Titans to interview him. So I, I, I mean, Rabel, Rabel saw it before. So I, I, I absolutely think Tim Kelly is going to be critical in Ryan Tannehill's success this season. Well, let's let's keep going through the chat here. Nate's burner says Chiggy Chiggy. No, um, you guys are not doing the question the right way. Like <laughs> Charles says, Dylan Radins. Dylan Radins is also not a newcomer. Charles would be a newcoming starter. Yeah. And then Jimbo, Jimbo's just to keep on on this uh, on the, keep keep that Mark Jones comment. Mark anyway, Jones but, hedging all of his bets here. Well, but, but Jimbo says I like Haskins. I hope he can take a load off uh, Henry. Like, sure you can like, but like let's stick with a like go pull up Mark Jones's comment again. <laughs> These are the guys we're talking. Those about. are the only options to answer this question with. I think you could maybe throw Kyle Phillips in there just no, for a wrinkle. No, 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 no. Kyle Phillips is not involved in this either. It's only Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, Traylon Burks. Those, those like, are the, that's the three. When t- when the the question specifically 
which Titans newcomer is most important for the offense's success. And so it's not going to be a day three draft pick. Like if, if it is, they're in trouble, right? Like if it's either Kyle Phillips or Chig or Hassan Haskins, all players I like, all players that I think have good futures, but no, that's not what the question is for. You don't want a day three rookie stepping in being Tannehill's, you know, biggest. Unless, weapon. unless it's Antonio Brown, right? Like that's the uh-huh. option, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't you think at something. Yeah, but again, <laughs> let's keep going God. here because we've gotten off track. Donald Red says Robert Woods because there's a lot of youth at receiver. He's the only vet in the room. I like that answer. Billy Jones agrees. Uh, Malachi also says Woods. He's got the experience. David says Burks or Phillips. <laughs> Uh, apparently Phillips is not allowed, David, according to Austin. I would allow but, it, I, mean, I, d- I will give David credit. He did spell Kyle Phillips' last name correct. Only one L, no two So, L. so we'll allow it. We'll allow it from yes. David. Um, Kenneth says Hooper. Datsun says Burks. Um, let's see. We've got uh, – and then the rest are kind of just, you know, all over the place. But, okay. I feel, like I'm, being, I feel like I'm being trolled uh, by some people who are answering, like, Roger McCreary. I saw the Roger McCreary, and that's uh, why I decided to call it. So, <laughs> Austin, let me ask you now. We've heard from the chat. Who do you think is Tannehill's – who do you think is the, the weapon on offense – that is most crucial to Ryan Tannehill's success in 2022. <sighs> so I think I think Austin Hooper and Robert Woods are the two answers here because Traylon Burks, like I just consider him early on in his career to have you know one or two trick ponies. I'm really torn between Robert Woods and Austin Hooper. I'm going to go with Austin Hooper because of the versatility that he gives the offense as a whole. And I talked about this back in June, almost a month or so ago, about how Austin Hooper and his skill set can help the Titans run a two tight end formation and have it with two tight end personnel, not Mm -hmm. formation, two tight end personnel, but have it look like a bunch of different types of formations. Because he can line up in the line, line up in the slot, line up on out wide, line up as an H back. They can use him in so many different ways. And if that other tight end in the personnel is is Chigaconquo, then that could be four wide. It could be uh, three wide with two running backs. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different things the Titans can do with their tight end personnel because it's so versatile. Because Austin Hooper is the best blocking tight end on the roster. And because he also is the best pass-catching tight end on the roster, he's had a proven track record of success in the NFL. I and, he, and he's laid a good foundation with Ryan Tannehill already. And so when we ask the question, which newcomer for the Titans is most important to the offense's success, I, I think it's Austin Hooper because last year, they didn't have anybody who could blend the personnel groupings for the formations. And so I think he really is the glue for what this offense can become for its overall identity, which is still run the football. That's, that's interesting. And I, you know, I was going to go there originally before the show, I had some numbers, but I'm going to go away from that, but I want to read the numbers that I brought first. Yeah, sure. Look, Swaim, Pruitt and Ferkser last year combined 
to go for just 646 yards receiving. 646 yards between Swain, Pruitt, and Ferkser. Austin Hooper, by himself, has topped that number twice in his career. Two times Austin Hooper has recorded over 646 receiving yards. And, you know, we'll look at the touchdowns as well. Why not? Swain, Pruitt, and Ferkser combined for eight scores. That's not overwhelming. I think Austin Hooper, you know, could put up six touchdowns this season. I mean, we've seen him, we've seen him do it before in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He, he caught seven in two years with Cleveland, but again, that offense, that passing attack w- was not exactly humming. So well, but, you know, like we we do have to remember a couple two seasons ago, the 2020 season in Cleveland, that offense was great, right? Because they, they had David and Joku and Austin Hooper at mm-hmm. tight end. They also had Odell and Jarvis and, Landry. Uh, Demar- Jarvis Landry and who is the uh, Higgins? Yeah, um, that, Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins. So they had some good weapons, and plus Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So there, we just listed seven uh, ball carriers, right? viable and, pass catchers. Absolutely. Yes, well, yeah, because the two running backs, the two tight ends, and three wide receivers. We just listed a lot of skill players that were doing good things a couple of years ago. So it was just volume spread out. But here's the thing. None of the guys last year, Swayman and Pruitt both caught three touchdowns. Ferkser caught two. I think he scored two. The fumble recovery, I think, was one of those. Yeah. But I, I do believe Austin Hooper by himself will catch at least four touchdowns this season. I don't think that's asking a whole lot out of the guy either, considering he's done it one, two, three, three times in the last four seasons. So, But I, I'm going to pivot from Austin Hooper because we've, we've got a lot of Hooper talking. I'm a Hooper trooper. You're a Hooper trooper. I think a lot of the chat is our Hooper troopers. Okay, let's get that to stick, by the way. But like we had it. we had Drew Bennett on the on the Tighten Up podcast this week. And we talked about, you know, what it's like coming into an offense as a rookie. And he made a great point. He's saying, you know, back when he was a rookie, it took these guys two, three years to kind of develop into, you know, a trusted option at receiver. Like there were no rookies coming in, you know, topping a thousand yards, really. We've seen that happen a lot more over the last few seasons than we did when Drew Bennett played. And mm-hmm. so my guy is Traylon Burks, right? And, and I know the bar is, is low right now for Burks just because, you know, he, he hasn't been on the practice field a whole lot. Rabel and the Titans have kind of been hiding him um, with this asthma deal, these conditioning issues, all of these red flags we've seen from Traylon Burks. And again, I don't want to make too big of a deal about it because that was before training camp. If this continues to happen in training camp, we'll have another conversation about it and it'll be with a little bit more, you know, a, a serious of a tone. Uh, but Traylon Burks, I mean, we've seen Jalen Waddle do it. We saw uh, Jamar, or excuse me, Justin Jefferson do it. We saw Jamar Chase do it. And these guys were picked a little before Traylon Burks was, I think for the most part, but rookie tight ends can come in and absolutely have an, Im- or rookie receivers can absolutely have an impact, you know, early well, and, on. And Jack, Traylon- this is, this is the conversation we had yesterday and we kind of put a, a research project together and I'll, I'll show you the graphics that we got still up because there were 11 first round wide receivers in the 2020 and 2021 classes, right? 11 mm-hmm. uh, of those 11, two of them are automatically great with Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase. Then there are five others that were really good early on. And then four, who have been like bad, right? And and so here's this is the 2020 class of first round receivers with Ruggs, obviously in a different situation with what happened with him. Yeah, and Jerry Judy's good. 
Ruggs was off to a decent start. I mean, before yeah, the I mean, he, but he wasn't he he wasn't as good as Judy or Ceedee Lamb or even uh, Brandon Ayuk there, who have the the good check marks. Uh, yes. Justin Jefferson obviously has been phenomenal, and then Jalen Rager has just been terrible. And then you have the 2021 class of Jamar Chase. Obviously, he was ranked third in the top ten wide receiver. Uh, uh, in the league yesterday, Jalen Waddle, very good. Devonta Smith, very good. Kadarius Tony in New York, whatever. And Rashad Bateman in uh, Baltimore has not was not off to a good start, right? And so that's that's what we see that there's a 63% chance in a first round wide receiver is going to be at least very good. You take that, you take that every day. I mean, you you, you seriously do. And we look at BetMGM. And their their Traylon Burks receiving yards prop for the regular season is 799 and a half yards. So they're saying, you know what? I think Traylon Burks can can hit that 800 number. I think that Traylon Burks can get to 800 yards. And I, if he does that, I'm I'm willing to call it a, a success, but not a great success, right? Not not a, a Borat great success. We, we're looking for more than 800 yards in your first round receiver picked 18th overall. Traylon Burks is critical to Ryan Tannehill's success because without Traylon Burks, it's Robert Woods and a bunch of new guys. I mean, seriously, it's Robert Woods, and then you got the tight ends, really. I mean, you got Kyle Phillips and NWI out there, but there's no real wide receiver, too, that defenses look, defensive coordinators look at the Titans and say, hey, we need to make sure we're not forgetting about him over there. I know we've got to worry about Robert or Traylon Burks and Robert Woods, but you know, I I, I want to make sure we're we're worrying about both of those guys equally because they can both hurt us. Without yeah. Traylon Burks pr- producing, then it's just Robert Woods, Kyle Phillips, and who else? Whoever the tight ends. And that's not good enough for Tannehill. Tannehill needs two solid options opposite from each other, and then you can fill in with the tight ends and Kyle Phillips. Put them wherever you want. Line them up however you want. Hassan Haskins, Derrick Henry, they'll do their thing. So I, I think Traylon Burks is most important to Tannehill's success. I I, I think that Austin Hooper was a big addition. But when we talk about importance, you got to have your first round pick, your wide receiver two. And I mean, really, they drafted him after the trade with AJ to be the wide receiver one um, yeah. with Burks coming no. off this ACL. Yeah. So yeah. Traylon Burks is absolutely the most important guy to Tannehill's success this season. Right. Uh, so Nav has been commenting on YouTube a couple of times about Robert Woods. He's He asked a, a rhetorical question that he answered. It was how many, how many seasons in eight years has Robert Woods played a full season. And the answer was three. And so Nav says there's only a 33% chance Woods plays a whole season. Do we actually think Burks makes it 17? I mean, I think in today's NFL, it's very, it's actually more unlikely that players play all 17 games. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just not how it worked. If you look at Robert Woods, like sure. Only three of his seasons has he played all 16 games. And I think it's actually, it's actually nine years. So if you're excluding the ACL year, he's got three out of nine, uh, three out of eight where he's played a full season, but the ACL like stuff happens and like, you can't, you know, say you can't, you know, you don't know what to expect with an ACL just stuff happens, but the games that he played when he didn't play in all 16, 14, 14, 13, 12, 15. Like it's, it's not like he's missing chunks of time. He's missing a couple games and is still playing three quarters plus of the season. So it's not like that's, uh, it's, yeah. it's not like Robert Woods is like this always hurt guy. That's <laughs> just how the NFL is. Players it, it, miss time. 
it would be different if he had the Todd Gurley deteriorating knee stuff or degenerating yeah. knee stuff. But Robert Woods, these injuries don't keep him out for long. And, you know, we don't see any Cal Ripkins in football for a reason. It's a tough sport. Injuries are guaranteed. I mean, unless you're talking about offensive linemen who are just a different breed of a human, then most of these skill guys are going to miss time every so often throughout their career. Robert Woods hasn't missed significant time up until last season with that ACL. And you're right, injuries do happen. ACLs are ACLs. It's, you know, it, you can't do anything about it. But uh, you you don't expect for that injury to recur. Now, that's something that, you know, it, it's happened before. But it, it, if he comes in healthy, which he's looked very healthy, when yeah. you say you, you've gotten your eyes on him up close and personal, he yeah. looks good right now. He I looks good for where he's at. Like, and, and I'm curious to see what it looks like in training camp now that he's had like an extra six weeks to, to progress. But I'll go back to the log for Robert Woods. Like, again, the ACL happened. He had played the nine, the not all nine games up until that point. If you go to the three years before last year, he missed one game in the last three years. And so it, it, with the Rams a lot more healthier than when he was early in his career with Buffalo. So it's not like he's a, a, a an injury prone guy, but to your Traylon Burks uh, comments, I think he is, he has the ability to take them the furthest. So like, I think Austin Hooper is most important for like base level success. But if Traylon Burks plays well, then that he raises the ceiling the highest, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and, and look, let, let's not forget that last year the Titans' top two receivers weren't exactly you know hitting home runs out there. Uh, A.J. Brown had you know less than 900 yards. Julio had less than 500. They combined for just 1,303 receiving yards. I think, it, it, barring any major injury, I mean, we can even have, you know, a couple games missed from from these guys, and they can still eclipse that thirteen hundred receiving yards number. So I, people are talking about up, upgrade. We just talked about upgrades at the tight end position. I think the Titans one and two wide receivers. If Burks can you know hit the ground running and make some progress in training camp, I don't think that they'll have trouble passing thirteen hundred yards combined. Yeah, yeah. And so I I want to get to Nate's comment real quick, and then we'll shift uh, uh, gears in a second. But Nate says. Imagine if the Titans traded A.J. Brown before the draft. The Jets could have given the Titans a better trade package. But while that might be true, because the Jets had the 10th overall pick that they took Garrett Wilson, who is a better wide receiver prospect than Traylon Burks, right? He went eight picks ahead. But so let's just say they get the Jets gave up number 10 for A.J. Brown. We have to remember the goal was not to trade A.J. Brown. <laughs> The goal was to sign A.J. Brown to a new contract. Then it got to the point where it wasn't going to happen and the threats were too strong for the Titans to risk not getting anything for A.J. And so that I get what you're saying, Nate, and you're not like wrong based off of that, but they wanted to not trade A.J. Brown. Yeah, that, that was obviously the goal heading in. the. It, it still kind of feels like a panic trade to me. But uh, well, I AJ, mean, but that's kind of yeah. I mean, it was. In. It it, it kind of was. So yeah, I mean, it's, trades on draft night. You 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 have about ten minutes to negotiate them. I, I mean, seriously. So it's. I, I do think Nate's actually spot on with that. I do think the Titans could have gotten a bigger package if they had decided to make that move before the draft. But 
you know, I, I think it was worth – I, I think it would have been worth the risk had A.J. returned. And that's what John Robinson and Mike Vrabel were holding out hopes for, but didn't work out that way. We move on. Traylon Burks is here. Let, let's he's he's my, he's my guy. He's the most important for Tannehill. That's my Derek, guy. Derek says no. I wanted Traylon long before the draft. Oh, exactly with what they got. Look, I, uh, I wanted Traylon Burks too with AJ Brown. That would have been awesome. That would have been with Robert Woods as well. I mean, we're talking ridiculous numbers out there. But with yeah, Austin, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it it it's still I I just I really think that we shouldn't you know really really count Traylon Burks out for you know being unavailable and having these you know issues before training camp. I I, I just love his tape so much and what he was able to do at Arkansas. You turned on the SEC on CBS. Traylon Burks was out there going for 150 on Bama, on AM, on all of these big schools. So I, I still believe in Traylon Burks. It was a rocky start, but let's not completely cast them out just yet yeah all right a to z sports here live jason says uh the titans desperately need to add another veteran wide receiver uh, i mean maybe uh we'll, we'll kind of see what happens as training camp just a couple weeks away and you might have some veterans out there who don't necessarily want to do the whole training camp thing and maybe they want to wait until closer to the season and see what the best situation for them might be so cough cough julio jones <laughs> well, but I, Julio not, not back here, but I'm saying elsewhere. He's he's not in for the training camp side of things. He was, he, I mean, he was la last year. He showed up to voluntary OTAs. And no, he, he was he was grinding last year. You're Until right. he didn't. I think so. he's. I think he's realized after last season that he may be a little bit more over the hill than he once thought. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jack. Uh, this is an interesting conversation. There's a number that Ryan Tannehill needs to avoid. BetMGM has Ryan Tannehill's interceptions for the season at an over or under 12 and a half. So do you go over or under 12 and a half interceptions for Ryan Tannehill this season? Over or under that number? That's what we're going to discuss next. But first, I'm going to tell you guys about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get better coverage, better rates, better service at fbhp.com slash atoz. Seriously, it's a great move for you, whatever your situation might be. Jack did it uh, earlier this year after he turned 26. Zach Bingham jumped on board uh, at the beginning of the year with his with his health plan and is saving over 20% per month with actual better coverage and real service because the service is legitimate. Uh, I email every month back and forth with the people at Farm Bureau Health Plans. They do great work and uh, if you go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ, it's an easy way to get a quote for what your situation could be. You can either call them, Zoom with them, or walk into either any of their 200-plus locations across the state. They've been serving Tennesseans for now 75 years. So go join the family at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. BetMGM is looking to serve one of you guys, or really all of you guys, a free 200 bucks. Here's how you do it. If you're a new user, all you have to do is download the BetMGM app, use our promo code A to Z200, that's A-T-O-Z200, put a $10 wager on any golfer to win the Open. It's going on today throughout the weekend. Put $10 on anybody. I would do a long shot. Tommy Fleetwood's my guy. I, I would put $10 on Tommy Fleetwood. And when any golfer in the entire tournament makes one birdie, you just need one birdie in this bet. BetMGM will put a free $200 in your account. And then you still have that bet on, on your favorite golfer to win. Yeah. The 
you could you could end up walking away with a ton of money here, guys. Bet MGM promo code A to Z two hundred. Put ten dollars down on any golfer to win the Open, and that ten dollars turns into two hundred dollars with one single birdie. Plus, you get to watch your bet play out. It's a great uh, deal. Get to BetMGM and make this happen with code A to Z two hundred. Jack, I think this is the best deal we've had with BetMGM so far. I mean, because it, I mean, it's guaranteed to happen. It's yeah. just as good, and I think probably better than the Stanley Cup final when either team scores a goal in the game, you get $200. Because, <laughs> like, that has to – like, in the in the NHL playoffs, there has to be a goal scored for the game to end, and there's going to be a birdie within the first hour of the Open Championship being played. Could you imagine if the course just decides to be diabolical and guys go four rounds without seeing a single birdie? It's no. impossible. It really is. I mean, it's – it's essentially yeah, like 72 when, holes times however many golfers are out there. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, there's going to be a birdie in the first hour it, and a half. I think it's a better deal than when they were offering, you know, a free 200 bucks if one three-pointer was made in the Golden State Warriors. NBA yeah, I mean, there's been, again, but the, the whole point is BetMGM is trying to give you money, so go ahead and join. Yeah. Uh, it's great there. So, all right, so Jack, I'll send you back to the chat. Uh, the, the second question today uh, over under 12 and a half interceptions for Ryan Tannehill this season. This is also available at BetMGM. We were surprised overall at, at how high the numbers were for quarterbacks across the league. Mm -hmm. It did feel like it came in high. Let's go through the chat. Eric says over. Donald says under, uh, as well as Derek R. And Donald says if everyone stays healthy. I think that's a, a key asterisk that we have to put in after last year. Guy Man says over. Mark Jones is going under. 12 is hard because it's on the line. It's it, that That's how they make their money in Las Vegas. They get this thing spot on. It's going to either be 12 or 13. I guarantee you that much. Brent Matlock says over. Rob says under. Over says Paul Sawyer. Bet your house on it. Bet your house on Tannehill's picks. Oh, man, we got a big-time doubter. Dadson says under. Um, unfortunately, I think over two says Titans, Kyle. A lot of new guys, maybe some miscommunication, a, a rocky start to the season as guys get adjusted. Mm. Um, which is an interesting point. Jason says under, um, unless he has another wide receiver ca uh, carousel, which, you know, I mean, who knows? Robert Woods coming off of ACL, Traylon Burks conditioning issues. Um, Jared says under. Nate says over. Billy says under. Steven says over. It's back and forth. I mean, this is really 50-50 here. Under yeah. just because of the tight end help. Austin Hooper and Chig come into play this season. Um, let's see. We've got uh, under from Teddy Wap. Under because of sacks, <laughs> all the dropbacks, you know, are going to be negated because of how many times he's tackled before he releases the ball. Omar does not trust the offensive line this year. Um, to have a good season, we got to go under, says Antoine. And I agree. I, I do think Antoine's right there. Um, under, says Rooney. Here, we'll wrap it up here. We've got David saying under, Ken saying under. And um, let's see. That's that's about all we'll get to. So I think I, under kind of came I'm up in the I'm going to answer this. And I think because I'm looking at Tannehill's season from a year ago, he had 10 of his 14 interceptions. Wait, that, that's touchdowns. Hold on. I got to redo this. So he had, uh, let's see, eight of his 14 interceptions in three games. Two against Indianapolis in week three. The Titans won that. Two against Indianapolis 
in week eight, the Titans won that. And then four against the Texans in that downpour rain debacle mm-hmm. in Nashville. I hate so, that you did that because that's exactly where I was going. But go oh, on. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think it's under. Just because, like, those games, like, well, they won two of them, right? And I remember one of his interceptions against Indianapolis at home was because he hit Chester Rogers right between the eight and the zero, but it hit his shoulder pads and popped up in the air and got picked off. And then against the Texans, two of his interceptions, two of them, were because Des Fitzpatrick was in the wrong spot. And so if I take those three off, He's already under the 12 and a half. And so I think it's, I think it's under. I'm going under as well. Um, and, you know, there are going to be people that watch the Bengals game. And I, I don't want people to be prisoners of the moments here. Let's, let's remember that Tannehill threw 13 picks in his first 26 starts as a Titan. 13 and 20. So that's just a half a pick a game. If he does that this season, it would be, you know, what would it be? Eight and a half picks. Um, so it's, it's, there was some regression that was that was expected, right? After having, you know, just 13 interceptions in 26 games, people expected Tannehill to kind of take a step back. And you you couple that with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones were really never on the field at the same time. So he was throwing to practice squad guys like NWI, like Des Fitzpatrick, who you just mentioned, cost him two picks. Um, but th- there, were, there were a bunch of games where Tannehill didn't throw any picks last year. Mm-hmm. Seattle, he didn't throw any picks. Jets. Jacksonville, uh, New Orleans, he threw no picks. Jacksonville, again, no picks. And then the last three games of the season, that's eight games last year that he didn't throw a single interception. He takes care of the ball more often than not, and I know that four-pick game against the Texans really kind of just turned the tables on Ryan Tannehill's picks numbers. But eight games, he did not throw a single interception last year. And just three games, he threw more than one interception. So Tannehill yeah. does a good job taking care of the ball. He's just got to avoid those disastrous, just back-breaking performances. And I think this goes under. As long as those receivers stay healthy, and this is an, another Austin Hooper situation, you don't have to force anything out wide or deep down the field to your receivers when you have a reliable tight end underneath who can catch the ball you know, eight yards down the field, make a play, get a first down. So I think that takes a lot of pressure off Tannehill, making plays down the field with new receivers. I'm going under. Yeah, and if you look at you kind of talked about the the tech we both talked about the Texans game. If you look after that game, he his touchdowns to interceptions were eight and two the rest of the regular season. And think about it though. Ryan Tannehill's three picks of that Bengals game, that has that is still haunting him. He's still having nightmares about that. Yeah. He he's he's gonna do everything in his power. And you know, this is second season with a new offensive coordinator. That's another bonus. You bring in Tim Kelly to help Ryan Tannehill. Maybe see some things that he wasn't seeing before. I mean, the Titans have put enough around him in the coaching department. Um, we'll just have to wait and see how these receivers and you know these tight ends, who I have high hopes for, pan out. But I, I totally think that you you know you can you can get in now on the Tannehill market while everyone just saw what happened last year with Tannehill, especially with everyone's last memory being that Bengals game. The public's going to take the over. I think Titans fans should know better and know that Tannehill does not have these big time just blow up games like he did against Houston very often. So that's why I'm going to go under Austin. And I think it's a great bet to make. So you do it at bet MGM. Bet MGM is where you find it. Yeah. And there's a, you know, we, we talked about, we were looking through them and Tom Brady has the same interceptions number as Tannehill. Again, 
I think having a healthy Derrick Henry takes a load off of Tannehill this season. Tom Brady's going to be throwing the ball, you know, three out of every four snaps over there. The Titans are going to hopefully have a healthy Derrick Henry behind a decent offensive line who we hope, you know, these newcomers step in and do their job to take more of a load off Tannehill to kind of, you know, beat down that interceptions number, kind of limit Tannehill's uh, passing attempts, which in itself limits his interceptions. I, I just think all the signs are pointing, pointing towards um, a, a good season for Tannehill taking care of the ball, and I, I really do. I'm going to I'm gonna take that bet on BetMGM. Yeah, and there were uh, we did this before the 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 show. There were 13 quarterbacks who threw 13 or more interceptions last year, and then there were 15 quarterbacks who threw 12 or more interceptions last wow. year. A lot and of guys. So, including uh, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, Patrick Mahomes, Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson threw 13 picks in only 12 games. But that's not getting any any play. Uh, Derek Carr, did Derek Jack, did Derek Carr have a great year last year? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think he had his best year as a pro. 14 picks. 14 picks. But again, hold on. Read off those guys one more time. I and before you do it, I want to make sure everyone knows what to look for. Listen with each quarterback that threw over 13 picks last year. Did they have a solid running back in the backfield to rely on? We've got a frozen Austin. So I'm going to start with 12 interceptions or more. Okay. I, you got me? Gotcha. Jackie, you got me? Uh, I've got you. You're, you're in and well, out. Twice like, if you're in Milwaukee. <laughs> we've, we've got you. I think it's you that is a problem. Really? Okay. I think you're the problem, Jack. I'm not getting any uh, connection right. things. Okay, I think you're back. Okay, so so uh, of the quarterbacks who threw 12 interceptions or more, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield, Pat Mahomes, Matt Jones, Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, Justin Hurt, Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford. <laughs> There's just so many big-name quarterbacks there. And Joe Burrow with Joe Mixon behind him is really the only guy who had a running back he could trust and the team trusted. Yeah. You know, so a lot of those guys were in pass heavy offenses and look, here we go. Try, don't try and pin that on me. The chat knows what's up. They've got my back. That's you freezing. Not me. My internet's solid over here for the next week that I'm living here. What? But anyways, look, the guys that you just listed are, are in the same ballpark as Tannehill with interception numbers from last year. Tannehill threw more with less pass attempts than most of those guys. So I, I, I do I just I think that the Titans are gonna kind of bring in the reins on Tannehill. They're gonna say, hey man, we're gonna put you in positions where you can succeed. And those are intermediate routes. Those are crossing routes where Tannehill likes to throw guys open to to you know have these big yards after catch um plays. And I, I think that's what works in the Titans offense. I think that's what works with Ryan Tannehill. I think they'll get back to that this year. I just really hope that the Hooper Woods Burks combo can play more than what two games together is that is that what Julio and AJ gave us something yeah yeah something crazy like that like well you have to include Derrick Henry and all that well, yeah yeah, okay, all yeah. Right. so I, I think I think my connection has been more stable so um anyway all right so Jack let's go ahead and get to the magic bucket before my 
uh, connection gives us any more problems. I feel like that the anytime you've talked to an Austin on a video stream lately, it's things have not gone week. very well. It's been a tough week, but we we, we made we got through it on the Tighten Up podcast. We're getting through it today. Magic bucket time. All right, let's get to the magic bucket. But let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, know who to go to, know where to turn. The Bone and Joint Institute, it's really easy to book an appointment with whatever you have going on with your with an injury to whatever body part you've got. You go to boneandjointtn.org, click book an appointment, you type in what your injury is, and it sorts the doctors who specialize in that type of injury. It's as simple as that. Great state-of-the-art facility in Franklin, boneandjointtn.org. One, oh, excuse me. One last time on the best offer you've ever heard of. Here it is, BetMGM. BetMGM, new users use promo code A to Z200. That's A-T-O-Z 200. Bet $10 on any golfer in the open. Tournament starts today. Put $10 on any guy you want. Who do you think's going to win? If you got something in your gut, put $10 on that guy. And win $200 when one birdie is made in the tournament. Doesn't even have to be by your guy. If the guy you bet on goes two days without making a birdie and gets cut, don't worry about it. There's going to be a guy out there that makes a birdie. $10 on any golfer you want with code A to Z200 turns into $200 when one single birdie is made in the open. Go take advantage of that offer and take the under and Tannehill interceptions as soon as the show ends. All right, time for the magic bucket. Uh, Steven says Jack is obligated to be here a Thursday. I, I love showing up for magic bucket. I, I like the just, you know, the mysteriousness about it. I, I yes. like not knowing what's ahead. Uh, it's so full of torture. <laughs> it's right a, it's an adrenaline rush. Like right now, like I'm kind of nervous. All right, this is for me. I'm going to make you sit through it more. Ah. <sighs> Ooh, community question. If you could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, it's so easy. Mm, it should have been mine. It's a community question, so you oh, can so, answer so, this. So, okay, I'm involved. If All it's right. so easy, who is it for you? <laughs> oh, well, you go first, you know. No, no, I'm. you, you said. <laughs> dead or alive, if I could have dinner with anybody, who would it be? Do you remember when uh, Jonathan Allen, I believe, of the Washington Commanders was asked this question, and he got, he got quite the blowback for saying Adolf Hitler, um, which he should have. Um, anybody dead or alive? I think I'm bringing back Steve. Me and Steve. You and Steve McNair. Me and Steve McNair. I just want to pick his brain, you know, because I'm just so fascinated with how his career played out, and I do think he didn't get the Hall of Fame love he deserved. I just – I just want to talk to Steve. I want to have a beer with Steve. So I, I think that's the guy that I'm I'm taking to dinner. Maybe the gridiron nine comes back. Me and Steve can go sit at the bar. Interesting. So you know, you also you also could pick like you know, your girlfriend or something. Well, she's alive. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Well, I'm still going Steve. I, my girlfriend's probably watching. I'm sorry, Kendall, but I, I gotta go. <laughs> I mean, you guys have dinner all the time. <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, we'll, we'll have dinner soon. All right. So I'll read some uh, some comments because Derek says, I've always had my answer for this, Abe Lincoln. So Mark Jones says Tupac. Uh, and then also Omar said Tupac. And he says, Who killed him? Oh, so that I, would be big. I, I think that's really cool. Like the craziest thing to me is that Tupac was killed when he was 25. 
25 years old. Biggie died young too. But like all the stuff that that guy was able to accomplish and the impact that he had on his industry and like the country and beyond by 25 years old is insane to me. Insane. And now Chris says Tupac is still alive in his opinion. <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith is still thinking about Tupac. Poor Will Smith, man. That guy can't catch a break. But Tupac's a good answer. I I, I, I do and think Lu- that people alive know who did it. Yeah, well, and Lucas says uh, Diddy did it. That, yeah, I've, I've heard that as well. There's some, I think it was some drug, some, some gang slash drug activity that got crossed up. Wires got crossed. Tupac dies. Nobody talks. It's sad. And I mean, it's so rare. I mean, could you imagine in today's society if, let's say that Lil Wayne got shot and killed. And there was nobody out there who, you know, nobody came forward. Nobody said anything. His murder goes unsolved. I think a lot of people would be upset by it. And I I totally understand. All right. So um, my answer, the only reason why I'm answering this is because the lame stream podcast is a podcast that I've been on a couple of times with Braden Gall and Steve Cavendish. It's like a Nashville media podcast. Love Braden Gall. Yes. Yeah. And so it's a good podcast. And they had an episode. I usually, it comes out Fridays. Um, they've had an episode where they're, they ha- basically had this question of like, who would you want to have, who would you want to interview from the past in media? And so I listened to that this week. And so the first person that comes to my mind with this question, uh, John Ward, John Ward, the late great voice of the Vols, uh, who really built the Vol network and was an incredible broadcaster but also an incredible advertising salesman. And it's something that I think I would learn a lot from uh, listening to how he approached things. I grew up listening to Tennessee Vols football and basketball games on radio with John Ward. He retired in 1998 after the championship game. I looked up to uh, a lot and still like to listen to a lot. Um, So I'm going to go with John Ward. It's, it's, it's a good very answer. like specific. That's a, but that's like totally like geared to you. That's perfectly up your alley. You know everything to ask him. And I saw somebody say Socrates, Plato, Mark Twain. I, I I'm not at their level to where I can make that yeah. a, a dinner that I get something out of. I just don't know what I would ask them. So I, I think John Ward for you would be just uh, so perfect. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mike brings up Pat Summit. That would That's be a, great a one. good one. That would be a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Dion says, I'd like to talk to anybody who's dead just to ask them what it's like being dead. Yeah. That's it. That, I, I want to know. I think everybody wants to know what it's like, but Hey, that that's, that's the mystery of it all. Yeah. All right. So Jack, I pulled yours already. Please be nice. Uh, you're gonna have to pop some popcorn tomorrow morning. Okay, in what way? No, you just have to pop popcorn tomorrow morning before the show, and you're going to have to toss in the air and try to catch 10 pieces of popcorn in your mouth on the show. Oh, that's good. I can do that. Oh, I'm you excited. can do that? Yeah, hell yeah. Let's some go. people some people can, some people cannot. I'll tell you what, it's going to be tough mouth. with the bill of the hat getting in the way, you know? I mean... On the, on the you don't now. have to, you don't have to wear the hat. I know. Well, I mean, the chat just eats me alive with that one. How about I get a haircut today? Come back, go. go no hat tomorrow. Chat, please be nice, 
and then I'll, I'll touch some popcorn. Or or just, you know, you go King Griffey Jr. home run derby style, and when, when, when the game starts and you start tossing popcorn, just flip the lid around. Yeah, yeah, that would look good too. All right, I've got some things to think about style-wise. I think I can handle the popcorn. I'll have to go buy a bag. But you don't have I'm, popcorn styles? No, I don't. I don't have it right now. I used to have it, but I, I plowed through it all. I believe uh, it was, it was <laughs> I, Ozark that ran me out of popcorn. Oh, I, I hear you. I, I kind of feel like popping popcorn now, though. But yeah. Right. There's I, nothing I, better I, than popcorn movie Popcorn sounds popcorn. really good. Yeah. I'll have to get the extra butter, movie theater style. Over or under nine and a half bags of popcorn popped after the show because of this conversation. <laughs> I hope over. Everybody could use some popcorn in their life. It's Thursday. Get yourself in a good mood. The weekend's right around the corner. Have yourself a bag of popcorn. Treat yourself. Yeah, because I'm I'm honestly probably going to go do that <laughs> after we get off of here. All right, so uh, you can count me in. Wow. Yeah, count me in for a bag. All right, so that's the magic bucket today. Pretty good. Look, you said at the very beginning of the show you were going to get some grace from the magic bucket. It showed me the mercy I needed. Yeah, well, there you go. It's good to be All back. Right, well, the bucket respects. The bucket gets it. it. Yeah. We'll be back tomorrow morning uh, to see how how many tries it takes Jack to catch 10 pieces of popcorn in his mouth <laughs> on the show and to talk whatever else comes out in the world of Titans. So we'll see you guys later on on this Thursday. Buck Rising live tonight, A to Z Sports primetime. He's got you covered to wrap up his week. Uh, and also make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You're not going to want to miss what we have coming up for Titans training camp and more uh, once we get uh, to training camp in less than two weeks now. So give us a subscription there for the YouTube channel, and we'll talk to you guys later on. Have a good Thursday. Appreciate it.